This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee on day 21 of the 60-day legislative session. Turns out Republicans who complained about voter fraud in last year's election were right, but one of their own was behind it. Democrats are calling for a do-over after a GOP operative and former state lawmaker was charged with financing a sham candidate in Senate District 37 to siphon votes away from the Democrat. In the interest of fairness and the sanctity of our democratic electoral process, we call upon Senator Garcia to resign immediately and that a fair special election be held as soon as possible. A House committee takes up a bill today that's being sold as fraud prevention, but it doesn't do a thing about these sham candidates. All it really does is make it harder to vote by mail, the method preferred by Democrats last year. The governor says more than 70% of seniors in Florida have now been vaccinated for COVID-19, so he's lowering the age to get a shot. As of today, anyone 50 and over can sign up. Being uh, 50 plus on Monday is appropriate. I think that we have the tempo to be able to handle that. I think even though we haven't seen increases in allocations, I think the demand has has softened enough that opening up to 50 plus will be will be good. Florida reached another milestone in the COVID crisis over the weekend as the number of cases passed the two million mark. That's almost one out of every 10 Floridians. House and Senate leaders agree on a bill to provide businesses and healthcare entities with protection from COVID liability lawsuits. But there is another group asking for legal protection for an entirely different reason. We're talking urban search and rescue structure specialists. Those are the ones who volunteer to enter a collapsed building first to help clear a path for first responders so they can get to the victims. You know, if you go back 10 years, we probably had between 80 and 100 architects and engineers that had volunteered to do this. By 2017, we were down to 44, and this year we're down to 13, and that's just not enough. Alan Douglas, the head of the Florida Engineering Society, says these volunteer engineers deserve the same sort of protections enjoyed by Good Samaritans. He's our guest on today's Sunrise interview. We'll also have your political calendar of events and the stories of two Florida couples who ran afoul of the law. One of these dynamic duos is accused of letting students smoke weed at their home. The other pair caught with lamb and seafood stuffed in their pants at Costco. But first, let's check in with a sponsor. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics, and we are much obliged. This public health crisis has shown our one-size-fits-all education system does not meet the needs of every child. Senate Bill 48 rethinks education and provides needed flexibility for students and families, giving students the tools and resources they need to unleash their potential. You can make a difference and improve our education system by visiting fledreform.com to tell your lawmaker to support SB 48. Paid for by Americans Prosperity Florida. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Monday, March 22nd. This is World Water Day, National Goof-Off Day, and Bavarian Crepes Day. Got some doubts about that last one. I lived three years in the Bavarian Alps and graduated from high school in Munich, but never once did I see a Bavarian crepe. On this date in 1965, the U.S. confirmed it was using chemical warfare against the Viet Cong. In 1996, Cheryl Depew of Florida was crowned the 13th Miss Hawaiian Tropic International. And in 2018, Donald Trump imposed $60 billion worth of tariffs on Chinese imports. China, of course, did not pay those. They were paid by the people who bought merchandise made in China. 
After all the talk during the legislative session about election fraud, we finally have something real. Only problem is it doesn't really fit the narrative spun by Republican leaders because this was done by one of their own. Last week, prosecutors filed charges against former state lawmaker Frank Artilles, accusing him of paying a man more than $40,000 to run as a sham candidate in a Senate race and siphon votes away from the Democrat who had the same last name. It worked. Republican Ileana Garcia beat incumbent Democrat Jose Javier Rodriguez by 32 votes after third-party candidate Alex Rodriguez received more than 6,000 votes without ever campaigning or even appearing in public. The Miami-Dade prosecutor says Artilles paid the guy $44,000 to run. And Manny Diaz, who chairs the state Democratic Party, says Garcia should resign because her razor-thin margin of victory was the result of fraud. Her victory is clearly tainted and will forever cast a cloud on her service in the Senate, not to mention the entire Florida Senate. In the interest of fairness and the sanctity of our democratic electoral process, we call upon Senator Garcia to resign immediately and that a fair special election be held as soon as possible. Like many of you, I was raised by parents who taught me that if I receive something that does not belong to me, I should return it immediately that I have no right to keep it. We are encouraged that our state attorney will continue her investigation. The public has a right to know if this is a one-off event. Is there a pattern for this type of activity throughout our state? Is this the work of one rogue character acting alone in the case of Mr. Artilis? Or was he acting under the direction of his leaders? It is not just about one election. This type of activity calls into question the very integrity and fairness of our electoral process. And we should not permit anyone to steal the integrity of our elections. Over the past few decades of Republican control, the Florida legislature has created a system that is seriously flawed, a system that encourages a culture of cheating, a system that hides the true actors and their involvement, a system that makes it easy to launder campaign money. We must demand that our legislature adopt campaign finance reform to make our elections safer and our democracy stronger. Their first priority should be to focus on rooting out this type of corruption and fraud in our democratic process. Instead, they are doing exactly the opposite by proposing laws designed to limit voter access and suppress the rights of voters to fair and equal democratic participation. Senate Democratic leader Gary Farmer of Broward says Republicans have been using these sham candidates for years, but this is the first time they can show it actually altered the outcome of an election. This is not the first time that straw candidates have been put into elections as NPA candidates to siphon votes away from our candidates. But what's troubling is, uh, even though those acts are illegal, uh, our election code doesn't provide the remedy of an automatic new election. It really should be, you would think, a no-brainer that a new election would be held. Uh, But that is not the case right now under our election laws. You know, it, this really exposes some some ironies and, and some uh, incredible inconsistencies on the part of the Republican Party. 
Two months ago, we heard repeated charges over and over and over again from then President Trump and Republican leaders from around the country about fraud in the ele- in the presidential election and, and how uh, uh, the the uh, election process should should stop and the certification of the results should not occur because of fraud that was completely non-existent, completely manufactured. And they took those false complaints and they ginned up their base to the point where a violent insurrection occurred in our nation's capital. So now we have evidence of actual fraud, real fraud. What are our Republican colleagues going to do now? Faced with proof of fraud that clearly impacted the outcome of an election decided by 32 votes. So you've got to ask yourself, uh, Florida, do Republicans really want to deal with fraud in elections? Are they really serious about making sure that these types of things don't occur? We're in session right now, and there are election bills that are passing through the process. And we can fix this problem right now, but we need Republicans to join with us and show that they are serious about stamping out election fraud. And now that there's actual fraud, instead of just hyperbole, Senator Perry Thurston of Broward says Republicans need a reality check. Thurston says they need to stop passing bills that make it harder to vote by mail by banning the drop boxes used to return those ballots. 1.7 million people exercise their right to drop their ballots off with the drop box. Just in this past election, no allegations of any fraudulent activity whatsoever. During this pandemic, this allowed people to feel a lot more comfortable with going out, voting, making sure that their votes was there. There were some issues about the mail system, so individuals took advantage of the fact that they could drop it off in a drop box at the supervisors of election site, not have to come in contact with anyone, and not have to worry about the delay in the mail system. Perfect situation, no problem. And that's another element that's included in Senate Bill 90. That is voter suppression right there. Why don't we really focus on the fraud? We should look at campaign finance reform. How about let's look at more transparency? And more importantly, let's just look at the activities right here in the Senate District 37 race. Now, we know that there's a growing drumbeat for the Department of Justice to investigate this situation and the further implications of this situation. We're monitoring that. We want to see what happens with this investigation. We want to see whether or not there's going to be a thorough investigation, not just of Senate District 37, but any implications of what's been going on with elections here in Florida. But Republican leaders say Garcia is not going to resign and there will not be a do-over. Senate President Wilton Simpson says he and now Senator Garcia had nothing to do with this scheme. I think you have to allow you know the law enforcement to do what they do. I think we don't have all of the facts. I think each day more will come out. We're learning what you're learning as you report it. And so I think, you know, a week from now, we'll have a lot more information to, to make a judgment on. But certainly, you know, I believe the prosecutor said very clearly that Ileana Garcia had nothing to do with any of this. I think that saying we have evidence of it has not been proven yet. So I think we have to let the process happen and then we will see what, where those facts lead. 
The Public Integrity and Elections Committee meets today to take up the House version of the election reform bill, but it has nothing to do with real fraud. It simply slaps new limits on voting by mail. Democrats will raise a fuss, they'll point out the hypocrisy, and it won't matter. The goal is not to eliminate fraud. The goal is to make it harder for certain people to vote. It's not about fairness or democracy or transparency. It's about winning elections by hook, by crook, or both. And frankly, I cannot wait until the next time a Republican starts lecturing me about voter fraud so I can say to their face, you are full of shit. One week after he lowered the age for COVID shots from 65 to 60, Governor Ron DeSantis has expanded Florida's vaccination program to include everyone 50 and older, effective today. We think we've done uh, pretty good this week with the uh, 60 to 64, but, but quite frankly, we think that even on current vaccine uh, allotments, that opening it up will be good. I think the demand has been relatively modest, certainly much more modest than it was at the end of December when we were doing the 65 and plus. So we think that this makes sense. And I think we will definitely be opening it up to everybody, uh, certainly before May 1st and, uh, and maybe much sooner than that. DeSantis says he can expand the program now because most of the seniors who want shots have been taken care of. He also believes there are many people who will not be vaccinated regardless of their age, and younger people will not be as enthusiastic about getting shots. So as we stand now, Florida has done uh, vaccinated over 3 million senior citizens. We're close to 70 percent of all seniors uh, have had sh have had a shot. So we think it's been um, we think it's been really successful now. If you look at the numbers, say by each county, we have some counties like St. John's, that's 81% of seniors uh, have, had, have had shots. You have here in Leon, they've done a good job, 76%, Lake 74, Palm Beach 72, Broward 70, Collier 71%. What happens is once you get over that two thirds of seniors, it definitely starts to really slow down in terms of the demand. And so there's just a certain critical mass of seniors who really want it, but there's definitely a segment who are, who are opting not, not to get it. And I think it's gonna depend on each county, but I think you're looking at between 15 to 30% of seniors, depending on the county, will probably not opt. So we're, get, we're closing in on 70% statewide. You know, we probably can get a little higher than that, but I would say once you hit about 75% based on what we're seeing with demand among seniors, that's probably the high watermark. As you go down in age, that, that high watermark is going to go down. It's just the reality. The demand is, is less even amongst a 61-year-old compared to a 71-year-old. As we go down to 50, you get people in their early 50s. Some are going to want it. Some, some won't. Obviously, some have recovered from COVID and, and, and have immunity through infection. And then I think as we get below the age of 40 and in, into the 30s and 20s, I think it's going to be way less than 50 percent of the folks who, who are going to want it. But you don't know until you actually get it out there. The governor says age limits could be gone by the end of the month, at which point anyone who wants to be vaccinated will be able to sign up, except, of course, for kids. The CDC says Moderna and Johnson & Johnson vaccines are not approved for people under the age of 18. The Pfizer vaccine is authorized for ages 16 and up. The Florida Department of Health reported almost 4,000 new cases of COVID-19 Sunday and 32 more fatalities. Our death toll has reached 33,369. The total number of cases is now 2,008,349. We broke the 2 million mark Saturday. Over the past week, the state reported more than 31,000 new cases and 487 new fatalities. 
That controversial bill immunizing business from COVID liability lawsuits is expected to be approved later this week in the House and then sent to the governor for his signature. But there's another much smaller group of professionals asking for protection from lawsuits that have nothing to do with COVID. The issue here is urban search and rescue structure specialists. These are engineers who volunteer with first responders and enter collapsed buildings first to help clear a path for the firefighters and paramedics so they can reach any victims trapped in the rubble. Alan Douglas with the Florida Engineering Society says we've lost almost all of these volunteers in Florida because they don't have liability protection under the Good Samaritan law. These are engineers and architects. They are trained by the Army Corps of Engineers, and then they are placed with task forces, uh, urban search and rescue teams, basically. And they, when deployed, they're, they're there because a structure has collapsed. You know, it could be a weather event. It could be sinkhole. It could be a terrorist attack, you know, any any number of things that has caused a structure to collapse. And they are there to assist the rescue teams by assessing the damage to the building and and determining whether it's safe for the rescuers to enter um, or what needs to be done to make it safer for the rescuers to enter. How do they actually figure out if a place is safe to enter? What are the things they look for? They're structure specialists. So, you know, they're looking, you know, at beams and columns and and, you know, things that if it's a partial collapse, are there other things now that are ready to collapse that, you know, if they're if there's vibrations or whatever during the rescue operation, they're going to fall. And so they would then look at that and say, OK, you know, we need to shore this up or we need to tie this off, you know, so it doesn't fall. Um, they're trying to make it as safe as possible. You know, it's not perfect. It's still a dangerous thing to go crawling into a building. Um, you know, but the, the rescuers are there to, to assist the people who are trapped and injured. And what is it that happened or, or how did Florida lose so many people willing to do this on a volunteer basis? What's going on? Well, actually, it started back, you know, 20 years ago after 9-11. There were a number of lawsuits against, you know, volunteers, engineers and architects that had tried to help in the aftermath of that. And then Hurricane Sandy um, or Superstorm Sandy, whatever they call it, um, they had sort of the same problem of, of lawsuits being filed. So it's kind of worked its way. There's about 25 states that have now put this legislation in place because, you know, these people are volunteers. And, and I would emphasize that there's a lot of situations where state and local government agencies and, and private companies and stuff have engineers and architects under contract to do this kind of stuff to assess their buildings if they're damaged. Those those people would not be included in here. It's only the engineers and architects that volunteer their services for these teams. So the answer to your question is, how did we get so low? Probably, you know, if you go back 10 years, we probably had between 80 and 100 architects and engineers that had volunteered to do this. Um, by 2017, we were down to 44, and this year we're down to 13. And that, that's just not enough. Uh, we, we weren't able to cover it during Hurricane Michael. They had to appeal to other states to get structure specialists to come and, and assist after that storm. Uh, and the, the, the folks that are involved in this and recruit these engineers and architects tell us it's the fear of, of, of lawsuits and that they don't have any liability protection. So how would the Good Samaritan law fix this? Well, we didn't actually go to the Good Samaritan Law. I guess you could view this as an extension of that. But uh, uh, we're actually this is going into the statute, you know, that deals with engineers and engineering licenses, um, you know. But it's it's just it, it, it and it's really bigger than liability protection because you're talking a very small number of engineers that would even benefit from this. It's really about you know protecting those rescuers that go in uh and 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 you know helping the people who are who are trapped and injured 
uh, and these engineers are a vital part of that. We've had this issue brought to us before, and we thought it was more about the lawsuits, but when we actually saw these numbers, um, you know, it's critical that we get, get this program built back up. We need probably 80 to 100 of these people available um, so that, you know, we can cover these things. You know, uh, for God forbid, you know, Hurricane Michael was bad enough, but, you know, if that had hit Tampa or Miami or something like that, we'd have had a whole different situation. And, and this is about getting that rectified. You've been listening to Alan Douglas, Executive Director of the Florida Engineering Society. Next up, your calendar of events and our Florida Man segment featuring two couples in trouble for what went on in their home and their pants. But first, a word from the sponsors. In Florida, if you fall behind on court debt payments, the state takes away your driver's license. But if you can't drive, you can't work. So how can you make enough money to pay the debt? This policy makes no sense. Let's end debt-based license suspensions and help Florida get back to work. Welcome back to the Sunrise Calendar. The House Public Integrity and Elections Committee meets at 915 to take up a wide-ranging bill about the state's election laws. It will not deal with the actual fraud in the state Senate race. Instead, it deals with fictional fraud in voting by mail. House Democrats will talk about that election bill during a media availability scheduled for 10. The House Appropriations Committee meets at 1230 to vote on a bill about curbing foreign influence in Florida colleges and universities. The House Ways and Means Committee meets at 1230 to hear a bill that usurps local authority over vacation rentals and assigns that authority to the state. The League of Women Voters, the NAACP, Common Cause, All Voting is Local, and the American Civil Liberties Union are holding an online news conference at 2 to talk about election bills in the legislature. At 3, the House Public Safety Subcommittee takes up a bill that allows law enforcement to use drones to assist with traffic control and collecting crime scene evidence. The Senate version passed last week. And at 3.30, the Senate Judiciary Committee takes up a bill to change the state's alimony laws, a battle that's been going on for years. Two Florida teachers are accused of allowing students to smoke weed in their home. James Brand and Amy O'Reilly Brand teach at Vieira High School in Brevard County, but they've been placed on administrative leave after being charged with child neglect and contributing to the delinquency of a child. They're also accused of allowing a man to live in their home and have a sexual relationship with a girl who is under the age of 18. Finally today, a Florida couple is accused of trying to steal lamb and seafood by shoving it in their pants and a purse. Lucrezia and Vito Gentile of Brooklyn are snowbirds and part-time Florida residents. They were busted at the Costco in Naples after a witness told deputies she saw Vito stuffing halibut, crab legs, and clams into his wife's purse and putting a package of lamb into his pants. Total value, $146.97. At that price, I guess you could say it was a steal. That's it for Sunrise. This is Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics. 